0: Hello and welcome to Creative Dispatches, an in-depth photographic and audio investigation into those leading creative artistic lives. Creative Dispatches is a production of Blurb Inc. and I'm your host, Daniel Milner. So strap in, turn on, and stay tuned for a walk on the creative wild side. Alright, so here we are Mm -hmm. doing our maiden voyage test of uh, some new audio equipment here at the ranch. And uh, luckily sitting in front of me is the traveling Jedi, Uh, Fleming Bo Jensen, the Danish photographer who speaks uh, a multitude of strange languages, both those from here on Earth and those extraterrestrial. So I just wanted to uh, say hello and see how you're doing.
1: Hey, pretty good. Nice being here. And what brings you to California? Uh, We're on a road trip in the U.S. uh, for two and a half months, and it's just all sort of exploration um, without much of a schedule. It's how we like to do it. Just roam around and see what we encounter. We start off in California, so we can visit you.
0: And so just to give a little recap here on who you are, I met you a couple of years ago in Peru, and uh, this was a couple of years after you basically changed your life dramatically. You had a, mm-hmm. let's just call a nine-to-five job back in Denmark, and uh, were very successful, but there was something lacking that you were looking for, and you basically mm-hmm. sold everything you had and went on the road, and that was how many years ago? Five years ago now. Five years ago, and you've been traveling pretty much nonstop. Mm, um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. What what happened and why?
1: Well, I had a uh, yes successful career as uh, head of an IT department in the Danish government. And I became head of that t- IT department when I was 28. And I always knew that I didn't want to do that forever. And I probably ended up doing it a little bit too long, but I always had a plan to do something completely different. I did not want to end my life sitting in a, in an office. At the end, they kind of turn into this—not uh, nine to five, but uh, nine to nine or whatever job—consume my entire life. And uh, I wanted a different life. I wanted to lead a much more free, creative life. So, after when the time was sort of right, I made the decision that uh, this was fine. I've had my IT career. I wanted to try something completely different. So I didn't go directly from quitting my job to uh, to traveling. I liked to selling all my stuff. I had a little bit of time in between where I went freelance and I traveled and I started doing a lot of photography. And it just led me to the point where I, well, I wasn't happy with the tiny little life I had, which was all consumed by this IT job. I wanted to blow my world and horizon and see the entire world. And for some reason, my brain, that just went into being, well, you should sell everything and travel. Just force yourself out there.
0: Now, is what is how is travel viewed in Denmark? I know that in my experience of traveling around the world, I run into Europeans all over mm-hmm. the place, and there's a very different view of travel. Like in some cases, I've heard, not Denmark specifically, but other countries. I think it was Australia where if you graduate from school and you don't travel – employers will literally kind of say, what's wrong? Why didn't you go out and Mm, see the world if you try to graduate and go straight into a job? Whereas in the US, it's very much about, you know, that rite of passage of backpacking around Europe that's disappearing very quickly because people are, everybody's trying to get a job.
1: Yeah. No, it it would be the same thing in Denmark as you just mentioned in Australia. Travel is viewed as a very positive thing. It's viewed as something where you learn a lot about yourself and the world. And as you say, if you go, Straight from university to applying for a job, most people will say, well, you know some theoretical stuff, but you don't know anything about you know, yourself or the world. Why haven't you traveled? You, you're lacking part of your education. And no matter what your age is, uh, wanting to go travel and see the world is usually, by most people, viewed as a very positive thing. And
0: where since... What year was it that you sold everything and took off That it? was in 2009. And where have you... Just give me a, a, a rough... Mm-hmm sort of uh, geography of where you've where you've been.
1: It was 5 years ago, so basically I've been around the world uh 5 times. A lot of Asia. i spent a fair bit of time in uh, Australia. I've yeah. uh, been to Africa, been to uh, quite a lot of South America and also to the US. Uh, this is I think the fourth time. So um not so much Europe. It seems to be that's... <laughs> th- it's Too familiar? It's the backyard, so I'm kind of saving that. You know, it's kind of like there's a backyard. I can always do that. But And the first question that people always ask me
0: about you is how, does it, how do you do that? How do you stay on the road for three, four, five years at a time? I mean, everybody wants to think that there's this magical catch, and I, I don't
1: think there is. No, not at all. And it's also pretty damn tough. There's nothing to do with a regular holiday trip at all. I do live on less than I've ever done in my entire life, including when I was a student. Yeah, uh, it takes all the discipline. It takes getting rid of every single thing you own or like I have very little money, but at least I have no debt either. So I just have to make enough money to keep myself going. And you know, through friends you can live with and Cheap places you can stay and end up in countries where accommodation is cheap, food is cheap. You can live on less money, like so little money that you wouldn't think it's possible. Because you remove all of this stuff. But it also takes removing all of this to even enable it. So you got to live on 10 bucks a day for a food budget. And so
0: yesterday my wife asked you where mm-hmm. your where your stuff was assuming that you had some sort of storage facility somewhere in the world and you basically said it's in your it's in your guest room like in those you have one yeah. one roller bag you have a backpack mm-hmm. two little backpacks and that's all you have
1: That's pretty much it that's all the stuff i need anyway i do have a little bit of stuff in storage there's still some books and personal items uh, a couple of uh, boxes full of stuff but Mainly everything I need, I bring with me. That is, uh, yeah, the entire life is in the trunk of a car. Were,
0: what were, the, were there any growing pains when you started this? I mean, what was, what was the first thing that you encountered when you left in 2009 that you said, whoa, this is, I was not expecting
1: this? I traveled a lot that year, 2009. So, like, the decision to, you know, why not just travel all the time um, was, was kind of, and I was on this high from all this traveling and all this great stuff that was happening heck, I'll sell everything. I'll take off. I'll travel all the time. It'll be fantastic. But it's really not as much travel as it is just living on the road. So that means it's still everyday life or your problems still follow you around. And it also means that it's it's everyday life it's not like a like concentrated it, it travel kind of thing where or vacation
0: mil- it's not a full time yeah, vacation yeah it's
1: not like 3 weeks in peru where a million things happen to you in those 3 weeks sometimes it's just three kind of ordinary weeks in argentina or whatever and you're trying to live on very little money and some of the stuff you'd like to do you 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 can't afford to do so it's it's life on the road it's not always uh traveling i think the main part that surprised me as well was how all of a sudden on un, completely unrooted i was that was the entire purpose but then you got to figure out who am i now i'm in a place where i don't know a soul i have no home anymore the job that used to define me is gone um so it, it seems I, like I, it,
0: at times it has to be pretty crushingly lonely at times
1: oh yeah it can be extremely lonely um, stuck in Bolivia, and you know uh, a friend had killed himself back in Copenhagen, and it's just it's the loneliest life at times. So you pay a price as well for this kind of life. It is it's not all glory. Now, when you're on the road and you run into fellow travelers,
0: typically everybody is very supportive of one another. But I'm sure that when you decided to do this, there was a contingent in your life that probably said, "What are you doing? Like, what are you thinking?" Because so much of Let's say American culture is about planning for the future, of like, oh, I've got to save for retirement, I've got to do this, and you know the the other take on that perspective is you 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 basically donate the forty most productive years of your life mm-hmm. to working, in hopes that you're going to be able to retire and then actually enjoy the life that you want to live. Where you you have turned that on your on the, on its head by saying I'm going to go out and do this mm-hmm. now. W- were there people in Denmark that said, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, obviously, and there's always. It's an extreme thing to do. It requires kind of an extreme catalyst to do it. And it will always kind of, you know, make people either think it's totally amazing and awesome and they become incredibly interested and loads of people want to help. That's one of the nice lessons about traveling in the world is that most people are really, really nice. We generally like to help other people. There's always, you know, the other kind who kind of feel that, you know, you're, you're cheating or something. You're not allowed to do this. You, yeah, you, yeah this that is, was what is, I was going to ask. It provokes some people. It's like, you know, you're not following the standard route. So they either get, I don't know if it's uh, pot, like uh, mad, jealousy, whatever. But you're cheating the system, definitely.
0: Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Is I've, You know, when your names come up a couple of times in the past, people have said, mm-hmm. well, the, the, it, they're not angry, but they're... There, maybe it's a little bit suspicion yeah. or there has to be a catch. This, there has yeah. to be a catch. And so yeah. that's what I'm sort of driving at here is that it, it isn't in the norm. And when you don't follow the norm, it's a big deal to a lot of people. Whereas I oh, think yeah. the people you encounter when you're traveling are all typically very mm-hmm. supportive and say, man, I would, I would love to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You also typically encounter a lot of people who are somewhat of the same mind. But, yeah, you always get the comments from people who think that, you know, you're, you're not, freeloading. Yeah, you're yeah. not allowed to go outside the system like this.
0: <laughs> it's, it's not. You can't come back in. You're no. barred. Yeah. So I don't want to go back in. <laughs> so where do you see this going? I mean, do you s- is this a- going to b- do? Do you ever have feelings now being gone? You've been out five years. Do you ever have feelings now where you're like, man, I really wish I had a place to go and like settle down, or do you think you just this is going to continue indefinitely?
1: Well, there's definitely a you know wanderlust in the blood that you know t- until the hips give out or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to keep going. Uh, and other times, uh, like, man, I wish it was just a house that we could live in for a while. And I think that's that's kind of the plan for now. We don't, we like, because I travel with my girlfriend, who's also a nomad, and we don't want to move too often. It's the moving part when you do carry your life around. gets So it's not a competition. You don't want to swap countries every other week. It's incredibly tiring, so maybe three, four months in every place, so you move around, like, three or four times a year. And is there any place that you've been so
0: far that if you had to if I had to say to you today, okay, you've 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 seen all these places, but now you have to pick one and you're gonna spend the rest of your life there. Is there any place that's jumped out at you as a place that this that would happen?
1: Wow. Um, <laughs> the
0: tough questions. Yes. Where is it? I need to know right now. All right. Yeah.
1: No it's a state secret, but you can buy the ebook when it comes out. Oh like really? really? Okay, video. okay. No. I like that. I don't know, there's so many good things about so many different countries and like South America has this raw, unfiltered life, which is incredibly fascinating and a t- sort of attractive to to visit. But do I want to live there? I don't know. It, it would be. It's also a hard place to to live. So finding the. Um, I don't know if we're ever gonna find the the perfect place. That that the plan is at one point when just before the hips kind of give out, we're gonna find a nice beach somewhere in Mexico or wherever and build. Thailand thailand something somewhere build a build a beach hut and yeah retire there yeah hunker down beach hut and a dog and a fast internet
0: okay so i've changed the topic here a little bit um when i met you in 2009 i would say Mm. that you were your photography career was starting start you know you were exploring it and it was starting out but we fast forward to today and it's changed dramatically so not only are you, I would say, you've become much more of a photographer and it's become much more of your life, but you're also sponsored by Fuji now, or is it Fu- Nordic Fuji? Is that where, that what I'm, is that the?
1: Uh, I think the correct term is I'm an ambassador for Fuji.
0: Okay, an yeah. ambassador for Fuji cameras. Yeah, yeah. And
1: um, so tell us a little bit about what's happening with that. Yeah, I, I did start off uh, kind of searching for what I wanted to do in photography as well. I shot all kinds of things, landscapes, documentary, uh, portraits. and um, So just to get into the Fuji thing, it kind of dawned on me a couple of years ago that having loved music since I was a kid, and I went to a lot of music events and still did, I loved especially electronic music, which is huge in Copenhagen, maybe I should try bringing the camera. It might actually be fun to shoot some of this stuff. And That was two years ago, and that kick-started a career which is now... What I do professionally in uh, photography is shoot uh, music, musicians, music events and portraits. And, and that's
0: in, in Copenhagen during the summer? When that's, that's
1: what I do professionally, yeah. Okay. I do a lot of gigs during Copenhagen in the summer. There's so much stuff happening. So yeah, the rest you have of the time I'm kind of free to just shoot for myself because I don't really need to do anything commercially with that. So,
0: because Copenhagen, you have at least twelve days of sunshine every summer, right? So they got to get what
1: one hundred and fifty festivals in that twelve day. Fire off all one hundred and fifty festivals at that you know one week where the weather is really awesome. So basically, you work about Mm. two weeks a year. That's what you're (laughs) what you're admitting to. (laughs) So the Fuji then came in because they saw some of this uh, concert photography, and Fuji has this. List of uh, what they call the X photographers, which are ambassadors for their Fuji X series cameras, and uh, now I have a great working relationship with Fuji Nordic, where you know I do talks for them, I do uh, videos, and uh, they lend me gear to test and try out, and uh, it's become it's it's uh, goes hand in hand with the concert photography because the Fujis are great at low light shooting.
0: Yeah, that's good. How many how many ambassadors do they have? Do worldwide,
1: have I have, I don't know, 100 uh, maybe.
0: Okay, that's nice. Mm. And where do you see, I mean, what's the ultimate goal photo-wise in the
1: future? Is there something that you haven't done that you want to do? Mm. I love this split now between the commercial stuff, which I love doing. It's also kind of like my personal stuff. But it it uh, the music photography, I'd love to develop more. I'd love to do more sort of band portraits and not just the events, but the actual... Yeah, press shoots. I've done a little bit of that, and just do more like portrait stuff, like Anton Corbijn. That's kind of like the way I'd love to, love to go. Uh, who wouldn't? Yeah, no. <laughs> that that's that's one of my inspirations for the personal work. I love the fact that now when we're on the road, I can just shoot whatever I want. I don't have to try and keep in mind. Maybe you want to sell some of this stuff, and you know you should think yeah. about selling prints. And I'm like, I'm not into that. I used, to, I tried that, and it was like very obvious that it bought bored, bored me. And so you know, it's m- much better the way it works now. So
0: just to change the topic once again, but we, you, a couple of years ago when we came back from Peru, you made a small book and we were joking mm. earlier as we're sitting here in my house looking at all these, you know, traditional monographs that how many copies, you know, you actually sold a, a fair number of copies of that of that book. And so what, in terms of publishing, is? do you have any goals for the future? Are you trying anything new? What do you, what do you want to do in the future with uh, books and e-books?
1: I love to do more books, I find bookmaking, especially sort of a bookmaking which is a combination of handmade stuff and printed stuff. Uh, I find that uh, really, really fascinating. The Peru book was uh, kind of a a big hit and it it was a really nice book and it sold uh, quite a few copies. So it's a little intimidating as well now because I'm not quite sure how to follow it, what kind of stuff I want to put in the next book which could become. It doesn't have to like you know surpass it, but you know for myself, it's a bit of a pressure. I definitely want to make uh, it could be an exhibition as well, but there's something about just this library of personal work from five years of traveling the world, and i've kind of i used to be so impatient like I must have a book an exhibition, otherwise, how can I call myself a photographer and now I'm like,' you know in ten years, I don't really care there's, there's no rush. I'm just collecting this entire archive of stuff. And then I might have something for a book about the nomad life, which will be 10 years of... of
0: Insanity uh, on the road.
1: Total insanity on the road. Yep. And uh, And maybe, so So what that can turn into, I don't know, I'm just just collecting pictures.
0: So of all the places you could end up in the world, you ended up today in Costa Mesa, California. The center of the universe, where are you... Where are you headed from here? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're headed as fast and as far away from here as possible. But we're, we're, what's next on the
1: schedule? Right now from here we are headed towards South Dakota to uh, follow uh, an interesting uh, personal project uh, regarding my family. My uh, grandfather's uncle immigrated there in 1912 and has worked on a farm in Britain, South Dakota and we're going to try and find out as much. He's buried there as well and we know very little about his uh, history so we're going to try and uh, discover as much as we can, talk to as many people, maybe the farm is still there, and we're going to document, as Trent Park would say, shoot the shit out of it the whole way and see what it turns into.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you for taking some time with us Welcome. today. Thank you for allowing me to test my uh, my new little audio recording set. And we had, Happy just for the audience to know, in the background, we had my wife talking, we had the washing machine We had planes taking off from John Wayne, and I think I was banging my glasses on the table as I was listening to Fleming. So all of that is free of charge. So uh, I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, stay tuned for more, and thanks, Fleming. You're welcome.